welcome to this week's episode of Tag Talk. My name is Kylie. This is Haley. We have kind of a lot to talk about this week because it's All Out Week. And Haley and I are going to be at All Out. We're going to have so much fun. If you see us there, come say hi. It's going to be it's going to be a good one. I'm really excited. Um, so speaking of AW, we got to talk about the Trios Tournament, the elephant in the room. So do you want to start with Kenny Omega and Will Ospreay? Should we talk about that? <laughs> I mean, I think we just have to get it out of the way at this point. Like, you see the promo, it was like a promo sort of segment, I guess, a, an online exclusive they recorded after mm-hmm. uh, the match. Uh, yeah. Kenny Omega absolutely toasted Will Ospreay. He tore that man apart. <laughs> listen, listen. I know, you know, we get a lot of slack for this on Twitter. You, everyone knows Haley and I are not Will Ospreay's number one fans. We have a lot of issues with him. Um, and this was great for me. Will, <laughs> uh, Kenny Omega basically said, like, you have all these five-star matches, but no one can remember a single one, which is, it's kind of true. I mean, when you think of, like, the greatest matches ever, they easily come to mind. And for me, at least, none of them are Will Ospreay's matches. And uh, Will Ospreay's uh, comeback to that was uh, Kenny Omega is a puss, and uh, Kenny Omega is fat. That <laughs> and lots of like bruv, like just a lot of like. Was I was so- I was expecting more. I figured Kenny was going to kind of carry this a little bit, but like I was like, you know, this is your time, Will. Like you talk all this crap online. Like, come on, bring it, bring it, let's go. And he just didn't. And I was he like, gave us, oh, he gave us it. nothing, Mm-mm. absolutely nothing. And like I said, a lot of people get mad at us when we talk about Will Ospreay. And We're not allowed to, apparently. <laughs> Listen, I've never gotten more haters on Twitter than when I say I don't like Will Ospreay. And like, I'm not saying, we're, like, we can acknowledge that, like, he's a talented wrestler. Like, he can go in the ring. Like, that's not yeah. our issues with Will Ospreay at all. He's just not for us, you know? And and I've even said, I've said, you know, Will Ospreay, he's incredibly athletic. Do I think he's a generational storyteller? No. Do I think he's a generational promo? No. Is he a generational character? No. So, like, athletically, he's very advanced. He's an excellent athlete. Do I think he? Do I think he's a special athlete? No. I think there's a lot of wrestlers who can do what he does, uh, Kota Ibushi being one of them. Uh, Ricochet, if you know, no matter what you say about Ricochet, he's up there with Will Ospreay, Phoenix, um, in a few years, Dante Martin. So it's my main issue with Will Ospreay is that he was basically shoved into the Kenny Omega role. And in my opinion, outside of you know, having incredibly athletic matches like Kenny Omega, Will Ospreay has not risen to the occasion. That is my only criticism, and somehow people take that like I'm going to war with God here. And I'm like, <laughs> listen, that's just my opinion. I don't enjoy his matches. So him and Kenny Omega, it's going to be interesting, uh, mainly because Kenny Omega is still doing this injury. Is he injured? Is he not? Sort of angle. Um, I don't know. I've, I'm looking forward to this match. The Young Bucks are in it. It's going to be weird. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, and Kylie and I have been vocal about this and our opinions on having these two in the ring uh, right now. Um, And, like, obviously, they're 
on their way to setting up their singles match together. So they're going to build it low and slow. But I am excited, and I tweeted about this, like, <laughs> like weeks ago. Well, Kylie and I both made tweets about this. Um, but I said, put uh, Nick Jackson and Will Ospreay in the ring, and we'll see who the better competitor is. And, like, look, we're going to get it. And I got a lot of hate online for that. So I'm excited to see how that fans out. <laughs> and people... How do I say this in a delicate way that isn't going to hurt feelings? It's going to hurt them anyway. <laughs> I think a lot of people, despite the success of the elite and all the things they've done, you know, having their own promotion, being the elite, whatever. I think a lot of people have forgotten that how great the elite are, one, at telling a story, and two, at bringing a story and all, like, the components of it into a match and, like, all the little details and all those little things. I think a lot of people have forgotten that, especially with – them being like the goofy heels and all the things they've been doing for the last couple of years. So I think it's going to be interesting when you place Kenny in a position where he is older, he is, you know, presumably banged up what storyline, not storyline. I don't care. Uh, and he's at like a crossroads in his career. The young bucks, you know, much in the same way, still suffering the, re- the rejection of hangman page. Uh, and you put him against Will Ospreay and Ozzy open who are, in some ways, younger versions of the elite. I'm not. I'm not saying they're on the level of the elite. Don't get, don't twist my words. But you know what I mean. Uh, it's going to be cool to see that dynamic play out. Yeah, and I do enjoy um, Aussie Open as mm-hmm. a tag team. I think that they're, you know, really good, and I'm excited to see them in this match and see them go up against the Bucks. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. I I've seen some people and. I disagree with this, but I'm just going to just, just say it. Who think, that, who think that Osprey needs to pin Kenny Omega here? And I have two main issues with why I think that shouldn't happen. One, I think back to 2019 when AW first started, and a lot of people were very upset that the Elite weren't the first champions in their mm-hmm. respective divisions, which is a fair, a fair complaint. I'm not saying it isn't. Uh, and they probably should have been the first champions. And two... I genuinely do not think AEW fans care about Will Ospreay and Aussie Open. In the ring, like their spots and the things they do, people pop for them. And to me, here's the weird thing. Will Ospreay did a lot of spots in his matches in AEW and elsewhere that he's done ad nauseum in New Japan. Every single New Japan match, he does them. The her and Karana landing on the feet all the time, going back to the match with Kota Ibushi. So many things. He just recycles them. And AEW fans act like it's revolutionary every time, which to me makes it seem like these people aren't watching Will Ospreay's matches on a regular. Um, so I don't think they care enough about Will Ospreay to let him beat Kenny Omega here. And if, if Will Ospreay beats Kenny Omega here, what are you doing with the Elite at All Out? It's just not happening. It's not. Yeah, I feel like... Yeah, and I the bigger story here is obviously Dark Order versus the Elite, and mm-hmm. I think that's what we're setting up to. Um, and so I can't see United Empire going over the Elite. Then, like, if they face the Dark Order for what? Like, what? Like, what, what, what was the reason? And I saw some people online speculating that like Abushi was going to kind of be part of this match, and like. 
I don't know. He followed the AEW Japan account and people were just running with it. I don't know. I think it would be cool, but I don't know. Yeah, and there's, you know, reports that I'm not, I don't know how accurate they are, yeah. that Abushi is done with New Japan. Abushi himself said he's going to do a couple AEW dates. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if Abushi's coming to AEW. I'm not in a position to say that. I do think it would be. If it was going to happen, after it should be after the Hangman Elite reunion. Um, I feel like it would overshadow it a little too much. Yeah. Uh, Abushi reuniting with Kenny Omega is a big, big story. And if anyone's familiar with the Elite or with New Japan or with any of it, the Golden Lovers are like, that's like what Kenny Omega has built his career on. Like, that's the foundation of his career. And he always comes back to that relationship with Kota Abushi. So that is a big deal, much in the same way that Hangman coming back to the Elite would be a really, really big deal. Um, but it can't happen now. We we cannot do the Kenny Omega injury story, Hangman rejoining the Elite, and Kota Ibushi at the same time. You can't, it just can't. You just can't. Like it's it won't work. Yeah, and I feel like like fans, um, you know, I get it. Like everybody's excited to have Kenny back. Like we just want all of this stuff at once. But like. If you want it to be good, we have to wait it out. (laughs) And I know everybody always says that, but it's true. You can't throw everything at the wall and hope it sticks. And and we can do Kota Ibushi in 2023. That can be our elite story for 2023. We could have Golden Elite. We could have Golden Lovers versus the Young Bucks. We can do a lot of stuff there, but, like, not now. Like, trios, Hangman, Kenny's injured. Like, Matt Jackson is having, like, a moral crisis. Like, (laughs) (laughs) what is Nick Jackson's story he's the only one who like I look at him and I'm like he's just vibing he's just here for fun he's just there being a little hater he's he's just mean he's so mean to Brandon Cutler still and his brother also shout out to Brandon Cutler for filming Kenny Omega's comeback match every frame he was like filming (laughs) and there's like an ass in frame Shout out Brandon Cutler. Cutler Didn't knows what the viewers want. Okay. Like, you know what will get the views? Kenny Omega and his ass. It's so true. <laughs> that was my entire timeline on Twitter the day that episode released, was just screenshots of Kenny's butt. <laughs> what? Well, I don't know. I don't know, Brandon Cutler, if it was intentional. Maybe it was subconscious. Brandon Cutler, like, he's interested. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> But I also feel like um, Nick Jackson versus Brandon Cutler, like, we could do that match. No, I'm having flashbacks to when Matt and Nick faced each other on BTE. That was so good. It was like BTE 200, BTE 300, one of those anniversaries. It was 200. Yeah, that was really good, especially since it was COVID and uh, everyone was depressed. Loved it. Okay. So I feel like we should move into the other side of the trios bracket because we got drama over there too. Ugh, lots. So um, <laughs> hopefully everyone watching this has seen Rampage. If you haven't, sorry, so sorry. Uh, it was House of Black versus Dark Order and House of Black lost. So Dark Order advances to face the best friends. Um, this was controversial. A lot of people... You know, expected House of Black to win. They thought Dark Order would be like an easy layup for the House of Black. 
Um, my main gripe, and I put this on Twitter, so I'm I'm interested to see what other people have to say about it. House of Black lost because they got distracted by Miro. And so I understand that the story is that Miro is now like super powered because of House of Black. And, you know, you have Sting, who is presumably still super powered from the House of Black because he still has black on his eye. Malachi Black is mocking him for this. But removing House of Black from the removing them from the trios tournament where they should like at the final four, they should have been in the final four. They shouldn't have had to face the Dark Order and lose in the first round. But and we're putting them into a trios program, which keeps them active in the trios division. And I get it. And maybe down the line, they can get a title shot. But it feels like a cop out. And when we look at our, you know, final four in the trio tournament, we have the elite. We have the best friends, Dark Order and Aussie Open. And you look at some of the teams that have been beaten, namely Death Triangle and House of Black, who were key in developing the trio's division. Uh, I don't know. I'm not. And it's not that I don't think Dark Order should have advanced, but I feel like we should have designed the tournament in a way that would have let Dark Order in House of Black advance. Yeah. I don't think Aussie Open needs to be there. That's that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, well, again, I feel like the only reason they were there was to plant the seeds for the eventual Kenny versus Will Ospreay singles match, whatever. But I agree. Um, I think that the Dark Order deserved to advance. Like, I'm glad mm-hmm. that they did, um, especially because they were kind of key in the development of AEW. They've been here since the beginning. Um but I don't know that – well, and, I mean, I've seen it on Twitter. Like, everybody is kind of upset that, you know, House of Black had to lose here, and I'm also upset about it. And the fact that Malachi Black was the one to take the pin, I was like, mm, I don't know. I don't know. And, you know, it was like a distraction finish, a roll-up. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did everything they could to protect Malachi. Buddy Matthews should have taken the pin. Let's yeah. be completely honest with ourselves. Yes. I just <laughs> listen. I love Buddy Matthews. Yeah, but he's the least he's you know he had the injury. He's the least established of the three. Let's be honest. Um, I'm worried that they're going to get stuck in a vortex of feuding with Sting and Mira. Get ahead of the postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code PROGRAM. So, for a very long time, because the mist in the eye and the supernatural spooky stuff, and it's Halloween, and it's whatever, I want the House of Black to be bigger than they are. I think Julia Hart needs to be moved into a title program. There's no reason why she isn't. She had one of the a big heel turn, a story they teased for months. When she finally turned, there was a big pop, a great reaction. People loved it. And people love her in the House of Black. And she's not doing anything, really. And House of Black has just been stuck in an endless feud. And now we have the trio tournament, and now they're in another feud that's seemingly endless. So I don't know what the payoff is with the Miro story. Do we let Miro beat Malachi? Like, is that where we're going with it? I'm just, I just don't, 
I just don't think this is the best use of the House of Black. I don't either. And I'm getting flashbacks to the never-ending, like, Jericho story. I I can't. Like, I feel like that's the extent of how long we're going to have to deal with this. It's giving me uh, American Top Team energy. Like, never going away. Like, always there. (laughs) And Patriot and Zant had a match and won and, like, peaced out. Like, where's she at? I don't know. Well, literally, oh my, I forgot about her. She has she's on the roster. Where's she? What's she doing? I don't know. See, that's another whole that's a whole other problem. (laughs) But you know, bringing it back to House of Black and Miro, I do okay. I should say I do love Miro being on TV. I think Miro, Mm -hmm. he was doing TV shows, filming them, whatever. He's back, he's on TV, he's great. Uh, I think he was an incredible TNT champion. I'm not sure what his connection is to Darby and Sting except for like they're the anti-House of Black squad I don't know um I'm, and I'm trying to be and I love everyone involved in this so I'm trying to be impartial and not just give my judgment based on what I think they should be doing um but I I think ultimately at the end of the day I feel like the trio's bracket should have been bigger instead of the eight teams maybe we could have done like 12 that just made it a little bit bigger uh, I think that really would have served the tournament and then you could have had House of Black and Miro uh, and company Miro Darby and Sting in the tournament and I don't know it just would have added more stakes except for the we you gave us superpowers and now we're mad at you feud um, Miro didn't tease the mystery woman again hopefully that's still happening I don't know if it's Lana I don't know if it's a, a different girl. I don't know. I think ultimately I feel like House of Black did get a little bit robbed. Dark Order looks <clears throat> bad because they're the ones who did it, even though Dark Order should have advanced, maybe in a different spot. Maybe we give Dark maybe we Dark Order versus Trustbusters. Maybe we should have done that. I think we should have. But also <clears throat> um to your point about the bracket kind of being wider. I mean, like you said, I feel like there would have been more stakes if we had more teams and if we were going to bring over, like, some New Japan people. Like, I mean, you know, we've opened the Forbidden Door before. Like, we could have brought in teams from, like, multiple companies and it could have been, like, you know, I feel like it could have been really interesting and something that nobody's really seen, but instead. Yeah, and with that closing out that little part i want to move into our all-out predictions because i have a point i want to make and it feeds into my all-out predictions um so ftr and wardlow Mm -hmm. uh they're in a trios match not in the tournament against uh lethal and motor city machine guns which is a big match Mm -hmm. and i've always when ftr's first uh the match was first announced it was lethal and satnam singh and Sanjay died, and people were like, this is such a bad use of FTR. I trusted the process. I didn't think it was going to be their final match. I thought maybe something would happen, and it did. So, God bless. Um, this is another thing that could have been in the trios tournament, though. Yeah, I agree. It's FTR and Wardlow. And FTR and Wardlow, they're champs. So, if you put them in the trios tournament... An elite versus FTR Wardlow final would have been great if we are, weren't going to do Dark Order. Yeah. Um, I mean, you could have done Dark Order anyway. You could have fit them in there somehow. But uh, 
this is going to be a good match. It and is. I, I have to get that out there. I'm excited for this match because I, I don't want people to think I'm like being mean to AW. But <laughs> FTR versus Motor City Machine Guns is an endlessly more appealing match than a trios match on a card that has a final for a trios tournament to crown the first chance. So you're, tr- you're trios, but you're not good enough to be trios champs yet, even though you're number one contenders in the tag team division and you're already tag champs and you're TNT champ. And this is a dream match. Yeah. That's my gripe. I'm and having a feeling that like, one of these matches is going to get overshadowed by the other, and I don't want that to happen. Like, I want them to be able to stand, you know, on their own two feet, but I have a feeling that um, FTR and Wardlow and Motor City Machine Guns and Lethal are going to get overshadowed. And the rest of this card, there are some great matches. Like, we have the women's four-way, which is going to be excellent. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jade and Athena, Danielson and Jericho. There's some great matches. Um, Ricky Starks and Hobbs, two trios matches when one has title stakes and the other doesn't and had like a week of build. Just, it's a dream match. I get it. People have been clamoring for it. But like, let's be realistic. One of them, the trios final is set up to be the trios match of the night. And then we have this one, which seems like a consolation prize for FTR. Just to get them on. Yes. Um, I think, and I think Motor City Machine Guns, I love that they're here. Why they're with Jay Lethal, it's like TNA squad, I guess. I don't know. Um, and Wardlow feels like an afterthought here because, I mean, FTR and Wardlow, the pinnacle vibes. Uh, It is what it is. I want the pinnacle to be over because MJF is apparently coming back soon. And I don't want the pinnacle back because I think FTR and Wardlow have done better outside of the pinnacle than they were in the pinnacle. Um, but I don't know. And I'm excited for this match and I don't want people to think I'm not because I'm so excited, but I'm a little confused by why we did a trios match on a card with a, a, a trios title tournament. Like Tony, what are we doing bestie? And you know, people are going to, people are going to say, well, you can have more than one trios match on the a card. Like you, you know, it's not like that. And I they get do it, it all the time. They do it all the time. It's AEW. They love multi-man. The point is we're crowning the first trios champions. The same night. (laughs) Presumably these matches are going to happen close together. So one team will be the trios champions and the other will just have another win. That's the issue, especially when FTR are the number one contenders in the tag team division and they're not getting their tag title shot. That's the issue here. And I'm excited for both matches, but that's the issue. And I think FTR will get the win here. Um, I don't know what what the deal is. FTR and Wardlow, are they going to stay together as a trio? Or are they going to – I don't – I think they are. Yeah. And mainly because, you know, Swerve in Our Glory, the Acclaimed, that's our tag title match. And then whoever wins that, there's no immediate, like, beef for FTR in the way that there will be for the elite if the elite are trios champs. So that's the direction I think we're going. Regardless, I think FGR and Wardlow take the win over Lethal and Motor City. I agree. 
But I think it's going to be a match, and I'm excited for it. But oh yeah, I think they're going to get. I think they're going to get a lot of time. I will admit, though, I'm a little disappointed we aren't going to get to see Warlow, um, power bomb. I know. That's really wow. the only thing I was looking forward to. Maybe <laughs> thing will be there, like at ringside, and we'll get it like after the match, like through the table. Ooh, ooh, get him up, Warlow. You can do it. Listen, when when I met Satnam Singh, I kid you, I kid you not. This man is the biggest. He's a giant. Like it, he's TV doesn't do him justice. The top of my head wasn't even at his chest. That's crazy. Maybe I'll find that picture and I'll tweet it for all of you guys. But listen, he's giant. And Wardlow, if Wardlow gets him up, uh, chef's kiss, gold, so good. Yeah, <laughs> so, I about it. I'm so excited. Wardlow, someone clip this and send it to Wardlow. Like Sabrina or someone, <laughs> this <laughs> and tell tell Wardlow that I need him to do that. Um, moving into let's talk about the trios final. So mm. we haven't we don't have our two teams that are going to be there yet because we're filming this Sunday and we still have uh, a dynamite and a rampage. But our final final four best friends in dark order, and on the other side, uh, Ozzy Open and the Elite. So you might have guessed, I think the final is going to be Dark Order and the Elite. Um, I don't see best friends being there. And I don't, I don't, at least I hope a New Japan team wouldn't come in and contend for our first ever trios titles. Uh, Tony, if this happens, um, Bestie, we can have a chat. Um, But I think the Elite take it. I do too. And I think with the teases of 10 and like the knee injury situation, like I think we're going to get Hangman um, yeah. in the final. Um, so I'm excited for that. I feel like that's what we've been kind of clamoring for since the beginning of this. Like if it wasn't going to be the Hong Bucks, like we need, we need to have that like revolution standoff again. Yeah. Um, I'm ready. Yeah, I do think, that's probably where we're going because I think uh, Silver Reynolds and 10 against the elite, you know, not that I have an issue with 10, but I think that's a little less meaningful than hangman. So I think in the final with best friends, we'll get 10 out with an injury yeah. and maybe we'll start a storyline. Like are silver and Reynolds going to have to forfeit the tournament because evil Uno is off doing AW game stuff. Uh, he made it known. He's like not in the trios tournament. So, and I feel like Hangman's going to be faced with the choice. Like, like he always is. Hangman's at a crossroads. Um, <laughs> always. But okay. I, I think I think it'll be a little weird, like, in a good way. Because if we think back to the Revolution match, which, if you don't know, it was Young Bucks versus uh, Omega and Hangman. Uh, there was a lot of animosity there and a lot of anger. So I'm really excited to see that dynamic moved into 2022, where we've already forgiven each other. Like we're not friends, but we're, we're cool. We're like professional. I'm interested to see if Matt Jackson in particular is going to feel if his feeling of betrayal or like uh, remorse, maybe if that's going to come out in this match. Um, once again, Nick and Kenny are just there for a good time. Uh, same as silver and Reynolds, just hanging out, having a good time. But I don't know. The story here is, there's so many ways it could go. There's so many factors to consider. 
that's why I think it has to be the final, especially at All Out. This is AW's WrestleMania. Yeah, and I think, I mean, Kenny presumably still has no idea about the full gear stuff or like anything having to do with that and all. So I'm interested to see how that part of the story kind of works out. Like, not that I think that Kenny would turn or do anything like that, but you know, when he finds out, I think, I think what we're, what's going to happen is the elite are going to win. Mm-hmm. They're going to reunite with Hangman. It's going to be a cool moment. And I think we're going to get Adam Cole, who's going to be like, well, they didn't want you anyway, Kenny. Like, you, they made you do this whole tournament with them. They used you to win, all because Hangman didn't want them. And I think we'll move into Cole and Red Dragon versus the Elite. And I think maybe we'll build to War Games or something. Mm-hmm. Or what's it called? Blood and Guts. Blood and Guts. Yeah. <laughs> War Games? Red <laughs> Dragon? <laughs> Uh, but, but like you would have to plug in a lot of people for that because you have yeah. four in the elite and three. But then you can get Jay White, plug Jay White in there. You can get Kota Abushi for the elite and Roderick Strong. You could steal him. You could do something with that one. You could put Tomatonga maybe. <laughs> Tomatonga. <laughs> you could plug in a lot of people there. I'm not concerned about the Bullet Club side. Yeah, uh, the elite, and I think it'll be good. I think that's I genuinely whether that's at full gear. A uh, New Year special, uh, whenever we do it, uh, we could really push this for a long time. I think it'll be good, and I do think that's where we're going. Um, because the elite were supposed to be in that first blood and guts, and it never happened because COVID, and they did the stadium stampede instead. So I would like to see the elite do a blood and guts match with meaning before they inevitably retire. Uh, not that they're retiring soon, don't panic. But if we're being realistic, sooner than later. Sooner rather than later. Uh, I would like to see that happen before then. Uh, even Kota Ibushi's getting older. Yeah. So that's my prediction. I think the Elite win. They get And then either at All Out or maybe next week on Dynamite or maybe in the future, uh, Adam Cole is like trying to persuade Kenny to take his side. Interesting. Well, and especially with like, how the whole like not to go off on a tangent here about like Kenny and Cole but Mm -hmm. like Kenny was the one that kind of like persuaded Matt to poison Adam so like kind of that flipped on its head and like Adam getting in Kenny's head I'd love to see that yeah and Adam's always been a snake and I don't want to rehash (laughs) the entirety of I don't want to rehash the entirety of BTE because you guys can go back and watch it, but it's like multiple times he's manipulated the young bucks. Yeah. But just try to turn them against members of the elite. Um, So now when it's the young bucks who are the most resolute in the elite and in their relationship with Hangman, Kenny's never really been the one who's been unsure of the elite Um, with the exception of the Cody feud when the elite accidentally cost Kenny the match against Cody. And even then he had Kota Ibushi. So Kenny's never been alone. So it, I, it would be really interesting if Adam Cole worms his way in there, like he always does little snake and puts Kenny in that place. Um, I think it'll be really interesting. Under two. I can't wait. And especially because they're coming back. Um, I'm assuming very soon. So yeah. 
I love the and I would love to see I would love to see Jay White on AWTV again. Yeah. I think he brings something so special and he translates so well to TV in a way a lot of wrestlers don't. Um he's he's great in the ring, but his presentation, his character, the way he talks, it's made for TV. So I love Jay White for that. I think he's come the closest to being a Kenny Omega in New Japan in terms in terms of crossover with the Western audience. I, I, think, I think Jay White is the guy for that. Um, so I'd love to see them square off again, especially with Jay White being this accomplished, decorated wrestler in the way he wasn't when Kenny Omega left. Uh, so our last tag match at All Out is our tag title match, Swerve in Our Glory versus The Acclaimed. So The Acclaimed, they're in this feud with the gun club. They like stole the gun club's dad because well, <laughs> the, gun club, the gun club turned on their dad. Stokely Hathaway like told them to like he's their boss manager now. I don't know where what the Stokely story is, um, but I ain't, that's not the point here. Uh, Swerve and Our Glory saved the acclaimed and gave mm-hmm. them a title shot. Um, I thought this was coming because the acclaimed they're over. Uh, people love them, and I they're well overdue for a push. And I'm gonna be honest here. I think the acclaimed should take it. Here's and here's why. And you know, people are gonna judge me, it is what it is. On Rampage, maybe it was dynamite, I think it was dynamite. The acclaimed said they were homegrown AEW talent. And they haven't really touched on that before, being homegrown guys. Uh, and they are, the acclaimed tag team was made in AEW. So I think the acclaimed being the first AW tag champions that are legit homegrown guys who are AW guys. I think that's best for business. And I think Swerve in our glory. I love them. I still do think we're getting a feud there. I think we're still getting Swerve and Lee. And I think losing the belts to the acclaimed would be a great catalyst for that feud going into full gear. That's that's what I think should happen. Do I think it's going to happen? Probably not. Tony Khan loves Swerve in Our Glory. He um, he loves the way he loves how the crowd receives them. He loves everything about them. I think he would like to keep them champs for months and months and months. I don't know where FTR fits in here. If FTR is getting a title shot, I don't know. Um, so. What I think should happen is the acclaimed should take it. What I think will happen is Swerve and Our Glory will stay champs. Yeah. It's just, I agree. Now you're persuading me. At first I was like, <laughs> there's no way. But now I'm like, no, you know what? Like, maybe. Because I'm like, I just, like, where do the acclaimed go from here? Like, after this? Like, what do we set up? Well, there's lots of feud, like. Well, yeah, there's lots of ways it can go. So if we go back to trios, uh, we have Andrade and Roosh because yeah. they turned on Dragon Lee, um, and they're not a trio anymore. They're out of the trios division. Um, we have an easy layup win against the Trustbusters. We okay. have if we do something with uh, Chucky e. T and Trent, you could hopefully wouldn't run the Gun Club again, but you could run the Gun Club again. You have the Lucha Bros. I mean, if if Pac is going to do this thing with Kip Sabian, this 
what is the name of this belt? The Atlantic title? If he's going to do the Atlantic, the All-Atlantic title, Lucha Bros versus the Acclaimed. Like, you can go a lot of places with them. But the beauty of the Acclaimed is that they can slot into any feud with a babyface or a heel. It doesn't matter because their whole gimmick is that they're going to roast them. Like, they're this... That's the beauty of the acclaimed. Um, and I do still think Swerve in Our Glory is going to collapse at some point. I still think we're getting that feud. I think I don't think there's a reason why they would have teased it multiple mm-hmm. times without it eventually happening. Um, and I think this would be a good place to do it, mainly because there's a lot of people talking. They're disappointed in the all-out card. There's no, there's no rumor debuts or big appearances no surprise, or surprises. Um, some of the matches like Danielson and Jericho are maybe not what people are looking for. So this would be one, a great swerve, no pun intended. <laughs> I realized that after I said it, um, and it's something that the crowd would receive very, very yeah. well. They would, the crowd would love it. And despite how much they love swerve in our glory, they love the acclaim too. And AW fans love to see deserving talent, get good wins. So that's why I think that should happen. My issue is Tony Khan has been a bit weird lately in that his booking doesn't always make the most sense to me. So Swerve in Our Glory winning, that would just be Tony Khan's, like, MO, I guess. Yeah, but if we do somehow get the acclaimed, like, big pop from us. Oh, they get a big, such a big pop. And then the reception on Dynamite, it'd be great. It'd be so yeah. And then just, oh, Max Caster's rap. Oh. Listen, Max Caster rapping with the belt on? Money. Gold. Gold. It's going to be such a good match, too. Like, I I genuinely love both teams, and I just can't wait to see what they pull out. Yeah. Um, I think the acclaimed have always been underrated in the ring. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that is because they don't get the big matches. As You know, they do get big matches, but... You know what I mean? They don't get, like, the the long time slots with the titles on the line. All, like, that uh, momentum and the crowd investment and everything. The acclaimed, they had a feud with the gun club, which is what it is. But then, And Anthony Bowens has been injured a lot. So that's a lot of the reason why they haven't been in the big match situations. But I do think that, as Max Caster in particular is so underrated in the ring and Corvin or glory are exactly the type of guys who are going to test them, put them through their paces. It's going to be such a great match. I hope they get a good time slot. I hope they're not in the smack in the middle of the card for no reason. Um, I think it'll be good. I'm really excited. I am too. Um, the time slot thing though, like Tony is kind of unpredictable with like the way he sets up matches. Like, what if we got this at the beginning of the show? I, and I, you know, you we were talking, I did think maybe it'll open. Yeah. I mean, regardless of, I mean, I think people will be a bit upset to see the acclaimed lose, but they do love Swerve in our glory. They'll get over it. I think this match is going to be good and it'd be a good way to start the show. <laughs> but if the acclaimed win, starting the show off hot with an acclaimed win, listen. And then later, later, I don't know, but the issue is FTR. Yeah. Like, they're number one contenders, and FTR versus the Acclaimed would be a great match. Um, I just, I think FTR Young Bucks is, like, still the direction they want to go. 
Do we get them in the trios? Yeah, that's what I was thinking that earlier, and I had mentioned it, but I didn't go into it. I do think Ftron Wardlow moving into trios and holding there in a trios feud with the Elite until later. I think one, it frees up the tag division from the chokehold FTR has on them. Uh, and it gives a little more spice to the trios division. I think it's a good move. I do too. Especially because of all like the ducking people on the internet saying that the Bucks ducked FTR and that's why they dropped the titles, whatever. I, well, well be- that, then you could run the story. Well, FTR's got Wardlow and they're just going to chase the young Bucks into the trios division. <laughs> Exactly. Period. It works. It works. And Tony, if you need help booking, um, if you've been a little off lately, um, I got you. Yeah. And I said this on Twitter, like I got your women's division booked for the next year. Like she really does. She does. Like that's that's not a lie. It's it's not a lie. And I have like, listen, all will be revealed at some point. I'll like I'll show you guys that at some point. Um. But I do think there's a sensical way to book the trios division. And I think starting off with a hot feud, the elite versus FTR Merlot is probably a good way to go. Um, especially if you're then going to later move into the elite versus uh, Adam Cole and Red Dragon. Because you don't necessarily need the titles for that. So if you drop the titles to FTR and Wardlow, I think that's okay. I think so. So... Whoa, who Swerve and Glory versus the Acclaimed? You didn't give a final prediction. On my final prediction, I'm going with my heart. I'm going with the Acclaimed. That's my heart. My brain, she doesn't get a vote today. Uh, my head and my heart are saying two different things, and I don't know which one to listen to. Um, Just to spice it up, I'm going to go with Swerve and Glory. Just okay. to be different. Just so, my predictions, the acclaimed, the elite, FTR and Wardlow. Yours, the elite, and FTR and Wardlow. Yeah. Oh, so this tag title match, <laughs> head to head, me and you. <laughs> I'm going to FaceTime you in the middle of the show. <laughs> listen, listen, I've got it. I am so ready to FaceTime you during the show and, and just scream. <laughs> like, if. If the acclaimed is on first, that's got, that's got to be an acclaimed. I might have to break into the floor. <laughs> like, I'll, I'll be like, don't worry, she's with me. <laughs> oh, my God. Regardless, um, and I'm also really excited for the women's match. I have to say that. Yes. Um, I think it's going to be so great. I'm so glad she does here again. She's going to kill it. Um there's some drama surrounding the match that I'm not going to get into. Um, but regardless, like women in, it's a big match situation. She does there. Jamie Hader's there. I'm ready for it. I'm so excited. Speaking of women, WWE women's tournament, uh, cursed. Just, and now we've said this, I think not catch up. Every, every time we talk about it, we're like, this was not the time to do this tournament. Like, we should have <laughs> And it, it gets proven more and more every week. <laughs> yeah. Um, every week, God is like, they're right. They're right. And I'm like, okay, so you announce the tournament. It's lackluster. Let's, if there's some big names in there, but there's like no tag teams, no like legit. They're just thrown together. Buy into us tag teams, right? Yeah. But I'm like, I'm going to trust the process. It's Triple H. 
there's lots of great women in this uh, tournament. It's going to be good. Um, and then it's been downhill every week since. It... <laughs> uh, so when we, when it was announced that um, Toxic Attraction was going to come in um, and take over for Nikita um, mm-hmm. and that whole situation that happened, um, I was excited because I was like, ooh, we may actually see, like, Toxic Attraction get really far here. Like, maybe they'll win it. And then we got the injury. Yeah. And, like, now here we are. We get this, like, Fatal 4 tag match type thing. Wasn't really that excited for it, gonna be honest. Um, the match itself, lackluster, wasn't my favorite. Um, and then we ended up getting, uh, it was Natty and Sonia won. And then they went on to face um, Raquel and Aaliyah. And, of course, because they're pushing Raquel, um, they won. And so now we're moving into the finals. And I'm just not... Yeah, I genuinely, and I mean this with my whole heart, I genuinely don't know if anyone is invested into this in a positive way anymore. I feel like it's been so cursed and such a meme that people are just waiting for something bad to happen. And that's all they care about. Um, At this point, I'm just waiting for Sasha and Naomi. Uh, We haven't, like, no one's reported about them, like, recently. Like, coming back, leaving, doing whatever. So, I presume they're coming back and that's why we haven't heard anything. Maybe Um, they go up on Raw after the final. I don't know. All of this, though, this whole tournament... Uh, the injuries, the issues, it was for nothing because they all look like complete jokes compared to Sasha and Naomi. And I said this on Twitter and people told me that I was like dumb because they're like, no matter who wins, they're elevated because they're champs and they get to wrestle Sasha and Naomi. Whoever wins is a placeholder for Sasha and Naomi. It doesn't matter because they're losing to Sasha and Naomi. There's no way. So no matter who won, I don't care if it's, if it's Charlotte Flair who wins, Sasha and Naomi will always, always, always be cheered over them, especially for the returning viewers. So the whole tournament was a joke. And that's what that's why I said you should have done a number one contenders tournament and just bring Sasha and Naomi back. Like, that makes so much more sense to me than this cursed tournament. And you know it's cursed because they shouldn't have done it. They shouldn't. I was. I was gonna say that earlier, and I was like, maybe I shouldn't say that. But you know what? You said it, so it's okay. <laughs> I agree. It, it's cursed. It, it is, and you know, when Triple H was appointed, I was like, you know, I'm gonna have faith because I, I do trust him. I do trust him to book um, the women in high regard. Um, I, mm, this isn't sitting well with me, though. I, I. And the women's tag division in WWE has been a problem for them for a very long time. So I was like, maybe, maybe we'll take some care in it. But they, it's chaos. And, like, obviously you can't help injuries and all that kind of thing. Like, those happen, you know, you always have to have a backup plan. But their backup plan backfired. (laughs) Like, their backup plan to their backup plan fired. Yeah, it just, yeah. And it doesn't help that AW is, and you know, I don't, I'm not a war girl. I don't like yeah, this imaginary I'm war. Them against. 
Uh, one thing you should know about me and Haley is that we don't care about ratings. We don't care about the wrestling wars. Like, it's so boring. But it doesn't help that AEW is running an excellent tournament that I love to watch. And I don't want to watch this because it's a disaster. And it sucks because there's a lot of really talented women tied up in it now. And it's, I, and I, we'd said this before that there was like a honeymoon phase with Triple H and his booking and the way he was doing things. And I think this is this entire tournament, the disaster that it is and the way WWE was not able to handle it going South and just made it just drove it deeper. That's what happens when Triple H is faced with a problem. And if you watched NXT Black and Gold, you know this, that when something goes wrong, Triple H never has a solid backup plan because he's a fantasy booker at heart. Same, Tony Khan's the same way. Just throwing that out there. They have one plan, and their backup plan can be great, but it's also almost always thrown together last minute, blah, blah, blah. So the women's tag tournament how bad it's been and the issues they've had with injuries and other issues. Um, Triple H, this is a clear failure. And I don't think it's great for the tag titles. I don't think it's great for Sasha and Naomi. If they are still coming back, I don't know. But yeah, you got to get better at planning. Yeah, I feel this was his first really big test. Yeah. Um, and I hope that, you know, this turns around. But mm-hmm. right now, I don't have high hopes, and that sucks. But it it also doesn't help when you're throwing teams together that don't really make sense. Um, I don't know. Like for me, like even if you're gonna throw a tag team together, like at least make it make a little bit of sense. Like and give me the matching gear. Like give me all of those vibes. I just it's really hard to mm-hmm. get. Them. And I think what I. What I've noticed with the way WWE puts together tag matches and comparison to other promotions, the way they do tag wrestling, it's always like a singles match and then like a tag and then it's like a singles match and then a tag and a singles match. Like there's no cohesion with the teams. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that is owed to the fact that WWE really lacks teams that are legitimate teams. Like a lot of their teams are thrown together, which there's nothing wrong with. You can put two singles people together and have a great team. You can do it. Like there's proof concept all around the world. The problem is they don't change the matches to make it look like these teams are legitimately working together as a team to win the titles. So I don't buy into any of them realistically, like toxic attraction. At least we got that. Like we got them working as a team and we buy that they're a team because they look like a team and they, present themselves like a team and WWE granted they didn't have a women's tag division for the most part there weren't a lot of people there that they could pluck up and put in they had few established teams whatever so that's why you delay the tournament you build a division and you go you don't do this this map this disaster this mess this horrible thing that they've given us um especially when Sasha and Naomi are just going to come in and be the best, most popular team in the division anyway. Like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So, so that's my main gripe, that you didn't have to do this now. You didn't. I feel like building up your women's division, specifically the tag division first, would have really helped. You know, there's mm-hmm. women on the indies right now that I'm sure Triple H has his eye on. 
that maybe their contracts are expiring or, you know, they're free agents. Um, so I'm sure he's getting ready to pull some of them. <sighs> but I don't know. I don't know. Well, it's like even then, like, if you look back at, like, the Cruiserweight Classic and NXT, yeah. like, you can bring in talent <clears throat> that isn't contracted to WWE. Yeah. You can do it. And there's proof in WWE that this works, that people like this, that it brings viewers. You could have done that here, and you could have made the WWE Women's Tag Tournament that much more important. Because if I relig- if I feel like it's a big deal, and I feel like the teams are really fighting for these titles, and they're not just in the tournament because Triple H said so, um, and I feel like these teams really do want to win, then it's an even bigger deal when Sasha and Naomi come back and they challenge for the titles. But it's like, this is so poorly booked. And and I don't want to say it's Vince McMahon-like because, one, I don't want to say the words Vince McMahon ever again in my entire life. But it is like this. If you told Vince to book a women's tag tournament, I don't think he would have done anything different. Well, <laughs> to be honest, like, I don't think we would have gotten it at all. So, but yeah. if we had to, this is exactly what he would have done. Um, the my only thing I'm not sure he probably would have gone to NXT and be like, "Hey, you got any women's tag teams?" I don't think Vince McMahon knows who Toxic Attraction <laughs> are. I don't think he cares. Um, but they would have been plugged in there if there was an injury. I have no doubt about that. Um, but Triple H, man, what are you doing? He he loves hot shot booking. He loves the the big story like matches. He loves those sort of things. And NXT Black and Gold, it was great. But like. Hindsight, like hindsight's twenty twenty, like we can see a lot of the holes, and this is a big hole that Triple H has yet to work through. It's a big issue for him. Um, so I don't know. I really just don't care about this tournament anymore. Um, that's my main conclusion. Sasha and Naomi. When at this point, I'm waiting for Sasha and Naomi. We could they could cancel the tournament right now, and I don't think I would notice. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I would. I'd be like, oh, look, it's Sasha and Naomi, and they're going to challenge for the belts, and that'd be it. I would totally forget this tournament happened. It does feel very forgettable, and it's going to be one of those things that unfortunately is. <laughs> like, oh, man. But I think we need to forget about it. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's been so bad for the women's division. Yeah. Um, and poor Toxic Attraction. That could have been a major call-up if they came up with Mandy. And we talked about it last week, and I'd, so I don't want to rehash it again. But, like, missed opportunity there. And, you, listen, for years, it was rumored that Triple H was mad about how NXT talent were called up. That he didn't like it. And then he did it. So, Triple H. What are you doing? What are you doing? If you need help, I'm here. (laughs) Go on Twitter and read what people are saying. It's not hard. And And wrestling wrestling fans don't know the business. Wrestling fans don't know how to book. They do. Because you're booking for them. You're not booking for you. Oh, oh, listen. Listen. Listen, I'm, I'm, now I went from I'm calm and I don't care about this tournament to now I'm angry because now it's (laughs) Now I'm like the women's division is at stake. <laughs> it, it, it's so true. <laughs> well, ma'am, 
Am I you weren't even the one with the chai. Like that. Like I should be going on the rant. <laughs> maybe like I'll film a rant and I'll save it. And maybe one day when I'm feeling spicy, I'll put it on Twitter and everyone can watch it. Um, but I have been weary of Triple H coming into WWE. I was I was excited because Vince McMahon's gone. Hallelujah! Like bye. I hate that man. But I I'm a lot more weary of Triple H than I think a lot of people are. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I think you guys are starting to see my point of view. So welcome to my world. <laughs> I mean, I feel like you have to have two sides of the coin, though. You know, like yeah. It's not always going to be positive. Like, there's going to be issues, and we have to highlight those as much as, you know, the accomplishments as well. Like, there's good and bad to everything. Yes, there is. And that is the summary of this episode. Um, Trio's all-out prediction, WWE Women's Tag Tournament. There's good and there's bad. Uh, Sometimes the good outweighs the bad, and sometimes it doesn't. But you always have both. The duality of man. Well, I love this. (laughs) Philosophical, we're approaching an hour, and this is what happens. Like, I had multiple pumpkin spice lattes today. Haley's on her chai. Like, we're rolling. Haley, do your plugs before this uh, devolves. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, as always, you guys can follow me on Twitter right there. Um, I'm doing work for Potty Slam again. Uh, Like Kylie said, we'll be at All Out, so... I'm sure we're going to, you know, bust out some content and stuff for that. Um, also, we're going to be recording some new things for Romanticized Wrestling. You can follow that on Twitter at Romantic Wrestle. Um, yeah. You can follow me on Twitter at Fuller underscore Kylie. Um, I'm, I'm, I haven't written anything in so long. That's a lie. I wrote a news article. You did. I did. But I haven't written anything in a long time. I'm back in grad school. I'm working. I'm, I'm doing my best here to get you guys content. We'll, we'll figure it out together as we go. Follow me on Twitter at Fuller underscore Kylie to see everything I'm doing. Um, you can see us every Sunday at 5 on Fightful Overbooked for Tag Talk. Um, you can see me every Monday at 3 on Body Slam Net for Code of Honor Podcast. We're trying to sort out a schedule that works for us um, until we get TV, of course. So... Some day, some weeks there'll be an episode, some weeks there won't. Just you're just gonna have to follow us on Twitter for that. Like Haley said, go check out Romanticized Wrestling at Romantic Wrestle on Twitter. Uh, like this video, comment below, subscribe to Fightful Overbooked, go watch all the other content on this channel. And I think I hit all the plugs. So wait, wait, wait. wait. We oh. also launched merch from Romanticized oh, Wrestling. Oh, I don't like our logo, and you want to kind of help us out with that. Um, we did launch merch. It's on all of our Twitters and the Romanticized Wrestling Twitters. Yes. Cute stuff. If, yes, it's very cute. If you want to support us, go check that out. All that being said, I think we hit all the plugs. I think we hit all our talking points. We're coming up an hour. Thank you if you've made it this far. This is a long episode, and I know it was crazy and chaotic. It's Sunday morning. <laughs> That's just how it has to be. Um, we'll see you guys next week, though. Bye. <laughs>